alcoholic beverages that taste good are dangerous because you always drink them faster than you intended on it. And you get drunker. You get more drunk. Is it more drunk or drunker? You get more drunk faster than you expected yourself to. That's kind of how the shots my mom keeps prepared in the freezer are. Pardon me. This is, um, what episode of the Rojo Show is this? I know it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a podcast to step to. Shouts out to Jalen and Jacoby. Um, this is episode, we didn't have one last week. I didn't want to go two weeks without one. Um, which is why I am not forcing this one out. But, uh, which is why I'm going to do this one, making sure I do one this week. Put something out for the people. While I, um, started this new job, which not really a fan of. And, um, making some cornbread for my mom. All in a span of time before I have to leave. Um, this is taking too long to see. Hold on. Just trying to verify the episode number for the people. Um, I will also be taking over under bets on whether my phone will ring during this podcast. A little prop bet for my boy E. So this is episode 36. Episode 36 of the Rojo Show. Um, roadmap. Will I be talking about things that are pertinent? Definitely. I'll definitely talk about the Oscars for a little bit. Shouts out to my boy Leo. Shouts out to C-Rock. I will at some point discuss... mm, I don't really know if I want to discuss that. I I don't know. I'll talk about some things. There will be some things that I talk about. What happened to my Wi-Fi? Jesus, I don't know. I have to check on that afterwards. Um, I will know. I will. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the last show. The last show, uh, Andrea Hector. Thanks very much again for uh, coming and adding your um, perspective to the show. I just took a shot and I'm trying to recover. My mom, shouts out to Party Girl Mom. She keeps a bottle of. Uh, tequila and lime in the freezer and we just switched from using Rose's lime juice to using like natural lime juice like fresh squeezed lime juice and it's really good and I took a shot and I kind of want to take another one but I don't want to be too uh too loose before I go into work today because I will be going into this job that again I'm not a big fan of but I welcome the money to keep it all the way 100 100 sub 100 um but anyway okay uh Hector and Andrea excellent interview if you haven't heard episode 35 please check out episode 35 I fear I will have to have them on again separately because um as usual you know, there's things you can say to someone by yourself that you can't say with your spouse right next to you, you know, and just being honest, I fear that there was some of that going on. 
I fear that there was a little, you know, um, how do I say, light fronting. Very light. Not saying that they were different people or presenting themselves to be something that they weren't in front of their spouse. They seem to be very honest with each other. Very loving, very open couple. But uh, I do think that the interviews would have become a little bit more uh, juicy. <laughs> had they not been there and kind of confined by the restraints of their relationship and not wanting to just have an all-out argument in front of yours truly, uh, Rojo. So, um, things that I may have glossed over or missed in the last podcast or in the last two weeks, um, All-Star Weekend was cool, um, NBA All-Star Weekend, Zach Levine won the dunk contest again over Aaron Gordon. Some say it was the best dunk contest ever. It was pretty good. You're still going to have a hard time topping the Vince Carter, Steve Francis, um, Tracy McGrady dunk contest. I believe that was 2000 or 2001, but that one was amazing. This one was good, but I fear with, with, with millennials – and the social media and the immediate response that everybody is avail- is able to give and the immediate reaction to everything, everybody wants everything right now to be the best ever. Um, very similar to the conversations of um, Steph Curry now being, you know, the best basketball player ever. We've never seen this. I saw his numbers uh, that he's averaging this uh, this year. Um I am all for naming Steph Curry the best shooter ever. Sure, I'll give him that. Although he kind of shit the bed in a three-point competition on All-Star Weekend. Shouts out to Klay Thompson and his father, who proved to be a real nigga, by saying, uh, by threatening him and saying, if you don't win, you can't come home. That's some shit an old-school father would do. You know, I don't see Steph Curry doing that to his kids, his daughter, or his son, if they join some kind of... Um, you know, com- competitive sport, if you don't, you know, threatening them with the, um, you know, if you don't win, you can't come home. Don't see him going that far. Uh, but his father and that last generation is all about it. Much like, uh, who was that? Was that, uh, Rodney Harrison? No. What football player was it for the Steelers? He used to play for the Steelers. Big, strong dude. Um, said he wasn't going to give his kids their participation trophy because we don't support losers. I think that's a I think that's a, a stance or an ideal that today's parents, um, I don't know if they subscribe to that. I think that's something I probably should have asked Andrea and Hector. Whenever I have questions about parenting, I kind of always go to them because they have boys and girls. I need some other friends with kids um, that are of an age that matter. Not of an age that matter. Not saying kids don't matter. Well, yeah, I'm saying that kids really don't matter to a certain age. Until they get into school and start inter- uh, interacting with other kids, uh, they're kind of just your favorite. You know, we don't really know if they're good on a wide scale yet. But um, All-Star Weekend was cool. You know, Kobe's last All-Star game. The death of the the killer instinct. Russell Westbrook kind of still has it, but, you know, once Kobe leaves, it's going to be a whole new league. It's going to be a way softer, way more compassionate um, something. 
way more compassionate and way more soft situation. Thoughts and prayers go out to the owner or co-owner of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Here he died in a car crash this morning or yesterday morning, something like that. Um, hold your head, Oklahoma City. Smelling that cornbread cooking. Smelling good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, do we want to get into Oscar talk right away? Let's get into Oscar talk right away. This podcast may be somewhat abridged or abbreviated, uh, shorter for people who don't know what those words mean. Not trying to play you, just saying people may not know what those words mean. Um, Chris Rock. There were some parts of that opening monologue that I really enjoyed. (laughs) I personally didn't have a problem with him taking shots at uh, Jada Pinkett. I thought it was funny. Uh, I'm sorry that your work, Jada and Woo, and uh, your short stint in The Matrix Reloaded was not uh, did not garner you a, a Oscar nomination. But kind of like Chris Rock said, you wasn't really invited. Did he go too far? Uh, I think he didn't go far enough. I think he made I think he made it awkward. And I think he made some jokes about the uh, the absence of black people at the Oscars, but he didn't really make any like cutting truths. If you hear any residual background noise, that's my mom who just entered the room. She's now mouthing to me to shut up and not mention her. But I don't give a damn. This is the Rojo show. This is my show. So <laughs> if she won't come in the room, she will be mentioned. Um... And now, now Bradley's here. Apparently, everybody's just coming out of the woodworks. It's it's, it's 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 somewhat of a Mexican effect. If one shows up, then they all start to show up. Bradley's doing a good job creeping around and not making no noise, though. Um, you are too, Ma. You are too. Anyway, um, for for as swar- if you if you think of this like a pendulum, right? Chris Rock swung up on the the make white people uncomfortable side uh about 45 percent but then he went a full 90 when he went back to make things okay at the end at the end of the monologue like it was like yeah we're gonna make some cracks about you know um black people not being here but then we're gonna make sure that at the end we make sure everybody can hug and eat girl scout cookies together and i really think that he had room and he had the creative license or the opportunity to really crack some heads and really get some some oh that's what I would have wanted. I want want I would have wanted like some some white ladies to cry, possibly. If he could have done that, that would have been awesome. Um, he made some comments that got. They would have needed Paul Mooney for that. Uh, yeah, Paul Mooney. He probably should have had Paul Mooney writing with him at least. I mean, I heard he had Neil Brennan writing with him. Neil Brennan, first off, is white. Uh, Second off, he was Dave Chappelle's co-writer on The Chappelle Show. So there is some room for some possible racial epithets there and some racial jokes, but not as not as cutting or hard as um, Dave Chappelle would have input it or even, you know, like Party Girl Mom mentioned, um, Paul Mooney. Um, on the subject of Paul Mooney, I mean, Paul Mooney's comedy is cool, you know, 
but he, me, me and my mom and my sister went to go see him. He was funny for like the first 30 minutes. And then after that, let's say it was an hour and a half show. After that, it was just kind of like, you know, so you don't have nothing else. You have no other jokes other than like race jokes. Talking about niggas at barbecues or, you know, whatever. But I think I think he could have went a little harder. Did I have some issues with some of his jokes? Uh, yes. The comment about um, black people in the 60s not boycotting the Oscars because they had other stuff to protest about could be taken two ways. Um, number one, it could be taken as an insult. It could be taken as an insult because we definitely have things to protest about now. Um, the, the killing and uh, mistreatment of blacks and minorities by police officers, um, uh, ra- uh, the, the constant racial and job inequality, and uh, if you want to throw something in there for the women, of course, you can work something in about feminism, or you know, you all love to throw that 78 cent to a dollar stat out there. Which, again, I can test and has been proven many a times is not true. But um, there were other... We definitely have things to protest. I just think that now the Oscars is something that's glaring in our face. Now, as he was doing his monologue, there were several flashes to uh, to Kevin Hart. Who, uh, by no stretch of the imagination, comes across as uh, revolutionary as uh, socially conscious. He kind of just comes across like a black man getting his money and any of those things could possibly interrupt or intersect some checks or some roles coming his way. So, you know, while he's making racial jokes to flash to Kevin Hart with his, you know, at this point, million dollar smile, just laughing and yucking it up to everything Chris Rock says. As he admitted to just being there to support comedians and support Chris Rock, I mean, he wasn't really invited to the Oscars either. It's not like he was nominated for anything or up for any awards. He hasn't made that, you know, quote unquote leap from comedy actor to serious actor as, say, um, Jamie Foxx has obviously made or um, Eddie Murphy has made only in his role, I believe, in Dreamgirls, which I only saw one time. Um, So, you know, that part kind of pissed me off or could be taken some other ways. Um, The Stacey Dash thing, I really don't understand why she was there. I mean, black people are not fucking with Stacey Dash right now. Um, Never really have. I mean, we've always acknowledged her. I mean, men have always acknowledged Stacey Dash as being bad, for sure. I mean, she's going to look 35 until she's 52, at least. But uh, other than that, I mean, we don't look for Stacey Dash to be at the, you know, at the Obama rallies or to really... We don't look at her in the same respect as... I mean, the first name that came to my mind was Taraji P. Henson, but I guess Taraji has really garnered the black support with this whole, you know, empire and cookie thing, you know, she's just the the ratchetest, the richest ratchet woman on TV right now. Whatever. I mean, I still have yet to see an episode of Empire, and I mean, if I can help it, I mean, unless Empire is trying to offer me a role, or you know, wants Rojo to help write some stuff for a 
um, 25 to 35 year old for a 25 to you know 35 year old militant black male, unless they throw a part or an opportunity like that my way, probably don't see myself watching that show or participating in the TV gasm that is Empire. Uh, I do tend to prefer the show Power, um, which isn't perfect in its way either. No TV show is perfect. Okay, let's just get that out there. Um, big winners of the night. Mad Max swept. They didn't sweep. They didn't win every award they were nominated for. They weren't going to win best movie. They just aren't going to win best movie because Mad Max as a whole is still just kind of looked at as a, um, an action movie, a, uh, you know, uh, a guy's movie, a, um, a, you know, I, I can't remember what exactly it was rated, if it was rated R, but definitely like a 16 or 18 to 30 movie. Nowhere near as deep as far as subject matter as, say, The Danish Girl or Spotlight or uh, The Room or the movie that did win. No, Spotlight won movie of the year. Um, definitely not The Revenant. Definitely need to still see The Revenant. I haven't seen most of those movies as as that skit that that was really funny. The movie, uh, the skit, the skit that skit uh, the Chris Rock did do, where he went to the uh, the movie theater in Compton and he had the one lady who he was naming off the movie the nominees uh, the the movies nominated for best picture, and she didn't even believe half those movies was real. She didn't believe that was really a move a, a movie called The Danish Girl or Spotlight or none of that shit. Only movie them niggas knew. And I use the word nigga not because all of the people he asked were black, but because I use it as a term of endearment for general uh, general groups of people. Was uh, straight out of Compton, which they obviously would have known in an urban area in California or in Los Angeles, because Straight Out of Compton was a movie that was named for a urban area in Los Angeles, and because it was about uh, you know Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. Uh, still haven't seen that movie either, you know. Don't want to be uh, thought of as biased. I ain't seen none of that shit. Haven't been to the movie since I saw Mad Max, and I was 10 minutes late for that. Um, but, yeah, I, I do not expect more from Chris Rock. Maybe not. I mean, Chris Rock, Chris Rock, although he is um, more quote-unquote revolutionary or i don't even want to use that word because revolutionary in my mind means that you're willing to lose everything you have to gain something for people who have nothing and i don't know chris rock personally but if i had to guess i don't think he's willing to lose everything not like chris brown uh, not chris brown whoa slow down not like jim brown or um Bill Russell or Muhammad Ali, who obviously almost lost everything to prove a point um, about social injustices. But um, uh, I've spoken about this point on the Rojo show before. I don't really think or, or know of any celebrities that are current now that I feel like are willing to lose it all for the people. Um, Chris Rock has had some some moments. Um 
his uh he did something on real sports a uh a couple months ago about um was it about domestic violence or was it about the whole Latinos and baseball thing or did did George Lopez do that one? I can't remember. He had he did something on real sports where they have um on HBO where they have comedians come in and speak on topics and kind of give a funny edge to it but still speak very real about shit. Um, he has had some he has had some triumphant racial moments. Uh, for instance, uh, a lot of his stuff on the Chris Rock show was hilarious and racially relevant. Um, the movie he did where he ran for president presented a lot of good racial uh, racially relevant points. Um, but you know, as Party Girl Mom pointed out, he's no Paul Mooney. He's no um Richard Pryor you know even if you check out Richard Pryor and some of the work he did and some of the skits he had on his short-lived Richard Pryor show um that was on NBC that he was in constant struggle and turmoil with them about the content and the subject matter um and about what he was or was not uh, allowed to do um there were lots of issues there as well that he kind of overcame or um, or battled with and eventually lost his show for. Um, uh, but yeah, Mad Max won a lot of technical categories, um, which I think they deserve. Mad Max, if you haven't seen it, is an incredible movie. Lots of sound stuff going on. Um, lots of visually pleasing and aesthetically, you know, dynamic things that went on in that movie. Um, what was I going to look up? I want to look up Leonardo DiCaprio uh, movies. And I've talked about Leo before on here, but I just want to have a list of the things that he didn't win for so that we can talk about how egregious, how ridiculous it is that he hasn't won one yet. But, um, yeah, I mean, Chris Rock, he did okay. Probably could have did better. I don't think he's uh, deserving of a lot of the uh, the kind of criticism he got, if not for the fact that he should have went harder. I think he could have went harder. Like I said, for the for the effort he put into making everybody feel better about what he said towards the end, he could have made them feel worse first. <laughs> Moving on to the things I cared about. Um, uh... Tracy Morgan was hilarious in The Danish Girl. Uh, I thought it was obviously not knowing anything about the movie The Danish Girl, which I guess has something to do with transgender women or the struggles of a transgender whatever it was in whatever year the movie took place in. Um, when I saw Tracy Morgan dressed up as a chick in The Danish Girl, Breaking his ankles, walking in those uh, high heels, and then he sits down and eats that Danish. I was originally upset because, as you know, as a Rojo listener, I have an issue. Um, and I think largely black America has and should have an issue with black men dressing up as women. Um, so I thought it was just another one of those kind of situations. But I didn't... Um, but the turnaround of that was really funny. Um, Whoopi Goldberg was hilarious uh, in her uh, in the Joy skit, which is another movie that I didn't see. Um, you know, my mom has made comments about me not really being a, uh, me me not 
commenting on these movies since I haven't seen them. But I believe that, I mean, have you seen The Danish Girl? Have you seen uh, The Room? I mean, honestly, Spotlight, The Revenant, Mad Max are really what I feel like are the most popular of these movies that were in this Oscar run. I don't know a lot of people who've seen any of these movies. I'd have to ask Will, because, you know, Will is uh, in the industry and would have a better take on... um, and and a, and, a, and be and a better temperature, a more a better gauge of the temperature of these movies. They say this was the lowest, um, the lowest rated um, Oscars ever. I don't know if it was ever, but in a long time, um, in terms of like TV viewership and ratings and whatnot. Um, but I think it's because nobody gave a shit about these movies. I mean, these movies was kind of whack this year. Um, I really need to see The Revenant, not just because Leo won for it, but because, number one, Tom Hardy was in it, and Tom Hardy is a beast, okay? I've been aware of Tom Hardy since Layer Cake. If you didn't realize Tom Hardy was in Layer Cake, double check it. Um, Rock and Roller, he was in Layer, he was in, uh, Tom Hardy was in Rock and Roller, another Layer Cake isn't a Guy Ritchie movie, but it's produced by the same people who produces Guy Ritchie's movies. Uh, Rock and Roller was a Guy Ritchie movie. And, um, of course, he was ill in the movie that Gus hates, The Dark Knight Rises. Shouts out to Gus. I'll have him on soon to talk about Batman vs. Superman. Um, But Leo fights a bear. Are you serious? Any movie where a guy fights a bear and then crawls through the through the forest on his hands and knees for three days, I'm checking it out. I gotta see it. Um, but on moving into uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was born November fourth. What sign is that? November. He's born on November eleventh. November eleventh. Zodiac is. He's a Scorpio. Hmm. Wait. Uh, I guess he is a Scorpio. Yeah. My mom's a Scorpio. We don't all get along. Bradley's a Scorpio. I don't really get along with her all that much either. Oh, that's not true. We've gotten better as we've gotten older. Bradley will be on the podcast at some point. We'll talk a lot of shit and probably argue at some point. Um, so he probably could have won for Titanic. Um, I think he could have won for Inception. But Inception again is kind of like Mad Max. It's it's viewed way more of like as like a, a technical movie than like an actual, um, you know. To win the Oscars, you got to have like deep subject matter and like you know appeal to an older audience because most of the people in the Academy that vote for the different nominations or uh, yeah the nominations and the winners um, are all older people. So you got to write something that's going to appeal to them. I mean, I was somewhat surprised that Mad Max won as many uh, awards as it did. But I think on some level, the technical aspects of that are just kind of undeniable. And when you look at it, it it definitely grabs your attention as a spectacular action and, and technical movie. 
So that just kind of, I feel like in those categories, it's easy to kind of give him, give that movie those wins. Um, The Aviator, The Aviator was amazing. All right. His work um, as, um, or him playing, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Howard Hughes, peeing in those bottles, being a weirdo. Uh, you know, the different women he dated and how he uh, he had bugs in the apartments, not bugs like um, like insects, bugs like small listening and viewing devices so that he could keep track on them and the women and, and the men that they're dating. Um, I forget the chick who was dating him and dating uh, Kate Beckinsdale plays her. Um, but she was dating Frank Sinatra at the same time or right after him. And um, Ava Gardner. Ava Gardner. Oof. He had some, he had some tight. Kate uh, Blanchett played Catherine Hepburn. Um, I don't know. I think he should have won for that one. He, he, was, uh, he was awesome in that movie. I have I have this thing I can't watch movies too many. Well, when I watch movies, I watch them over and over and over again. Like I, you know, as soon as it goes off, I'll just skip back to the first. Uh, what do they call them on on DVDs? I don't know. I'll skip back to the, I'll skip back to the beginning and just start watching it over, just to just to keep watching it and catch on to new shit and fall asleep at another part and wake up at another part. I just watch movies over and over, but I can't watch The Aviator because then I'll start acting like Howard Hughes. Things will start being weird. Um, I'll start being very um, specific about certain things and how to do certain things. I'll go back in my room over and over again. Like watching that movie gives me OCD. Um, I think he could have won for the Aviator. Uh, I only saw Wolf of Wall Street once. I mean, it's a fucking five-hour movie, so I've only seen it once. He was uh, he was good in Gangs of New York, for sure. But I mean, you're working alongside freaking um, Daniel Day Lewis as the butcher. This is a kill. This is a kill. Movie was crazy. If you don't get that reference, you should probably go check out that movie. Um, Blood Diamond was okay. Departed was Departed was good, but I don't. I didn't really see Departed getting nominated for an Oscar. Is that what movie did um, Martin Scorsese win the uh, Oscar for? Was it The Departed? I don't think so. Martin Scorsese Oscar. He's only 5'4". He's a short guy. Yeah, okay. So after losing five times, director Martin Scorsese was awarded his first Oscar uh, for his mob and former movie, The Departed. It was good as a whole movie. I don't think that his... um, I don't think that... Leonardo DiCaprio's role in that movie should have garnered him an Oscar. But I think as a whole movie, as him contributing to the cast and the ensemble, it was really good. You know who did do a really good job in that movie? Um, Alec Baldwin killed it in that movie. And not really uh, a fan of his serious work, but uh, who's the short guy? 
<laughs> Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> if you don't know that Mark Wahlberg is short, it's because he's always wearing boots in his movies. Um, but Mark Wahlberg is a little guy. What is he like? Five? Who wants to bet? I say he's shorter than five eight. Five eight on a dot. And that could be a lie because he's always wearing boots. Like I said, he's he's way he's a lot wider than he is tall. Um, other movies he could have won for. He probably could have won for Romeo and Juliet, but I don't know why they didn't think that was. I don't know. Was that was that just put off as like a teen romance? Do you not get points on there because all you're really doing is reciting what we already know as a classic Shakespearean play, a classic Shakespearean drama, tragedy? It's a tragedy. When you talk about Shakespeare, things that end with people dying are tragedies. Sorry. Um, Blood Diamond was okay. Shutter Island, I only saw it once. He snapped in Django. (laughs) <laughs> he was the most believable racist ever in Django. Um, didn't see Gatsby. Didn't see The Beach. Definitely didn't see J. Edgar. Basketball Diaries was good, but I think Basketball Diaries was kind of, again, just seen as like a teen movie that could show him uh, being ugly and then being attractive again. This Boy's Life was pretty good, but I think he was too young for that. Um, Man in the Iron Mask. I got on the Man in the Iron Mask because of the original version, which featured uh, original Man in the Iron Mask. I'm only talking while I'm typing to get to not um, not have those silent parts that um, Andrea so eloquently pointed out in the last movie were annoying and that um that Gus pointed out was annoying and that you know anybody I talk to about the show points out as being annoying so I'm sorry if I ever have um if I ever have those silent moments where you think something is wrong with your listening device or you think you're buffering or you think uh something weird is going on I can't the one with Leonardo DiCaprio came out as 98 and 98. And I don't think that he was yet being taken as a serious actor, although he very much wants to be seen as a serious Richard Chamberlain. He very much wants to be seen and thought of as a, 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 a serious, authentic, um, at times method actor. If you're, not, if you're not familiar with the term method actor, it means if you're playing a homeless person, uh, the year before you start shooting, you may go and be homeless. If you're playing a boxer, you may go and seriously take on boxing and learn boxing and really becoming that character. That's what method acting is. Method acting uh, is the, the thought process or the philosophy um, I believe it was invented or maybe it was just popularized by Stanislavski to um, to fully engulf yourself in the the circumstances and the lifestyle of the character you are portraying. I believe that Man in the Iron Mask may have just seen as that sort of film or that sort of opportunity 
or, or uh, I don't I don't think Man in the Iron Mask was seen as that sort of opportunity for Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he may have just uh, been thought of as you know this is a chance for me to look pretty on screen. Uh, the Quick and the Dead, he had a small part in that, but I think he played it well. And uh, that may be it for Mr. DiCaprio. But those are good. I mean, that's what, three or four movies that he easily could have won for? Uh, Catch Me If You Can was good. Um, He was okay in there. He was pretty good in Catch Me If You Can. I like that movie. I own it. I own a lot of Leo's movies. I need to see Inception. I haven't seen it in a while, especially since I've been having a lot of these weird dreams lately. Had a really weird dream the other day. I'll uh, I'll share it with you. Um, Or maybe I won't. If my phone rings, I'll share my weird dream with you. But if it doesn't, you'll just have to keep guessing. Um, Where am I? What else do I want to talk about? I don't know. I haven't talked to you all since the, since the Grammys, um, which we all know the most important thing I want to talk about is, say it with me, Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Um, thought his performance was amazing. Thought he killed it. Uh, heard some people um, somewhat bothered by his uh, dressing up as a prisoner. But uh, mass incarceration of of black people is a huge issue, so I think they kind of missed the point of him, um, and and the the point of that and referencing the song and the original version of the song saying that we ain't get, we uh, and we hate popos, uh, we hate them because they abuse us and they lock us up unjustly. And he came out in his outfit to uh, to express and recognize that. Um, if you didn't notice, he also had a huge fire with African uh, people dressed in African garb dancing around it. So I think he kind of merged some uh, some subject matter and some topics there that may have been a little. Um, uh, I don't want to say it was too deep for people because I don't want to ever. I don't want to ever uh, shortchange or. Uh, diminish people's thoughts or opinions on things or their 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 the possible education or thoughts on certain things but uh i think it might have been over some people's heads at first and once they were able to come back and revisit it maybe they had some different opinions about it um but yeah glad he won it was obviously a makeup for the year that they gave macklemore best rap album or best rap song or whatever it was and um, Macklemore has not been heard of since. Uh, I guess he's got a project that he's coming out with this year, and I may be working one of his shows at um, at one of my side gigs at the Riv. But um, if I see him, I'm gonna tell him, "Hey, you know, did you give Kendrick his uh, did you give Ken- Kendrick his Grammy back? Because you know that wasn't yours, right? You know that wasn't for you, right? All right, I just wanted to make sure." Um, apparently, The Aviator, who won Best Supporting Act five Academy Awards? The Aviator Academy Awards. Which is crazy, because how do they win all of those, make all of those uh, best performance by an actress in a supporting role, Kate Blatchett? She killed it. I'll give you that. Uh, best in photography, yes. 
um, achievement in film editing, okay, achievement in art direction, costume design, uh, motion picture of the year. Oh, these are all nominations. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so what they won for was costume design, art direction, film editing, cinematography, and best supporting role. They were nominated for um, movie of the year, uh, best actor in a leading role, best actor in a supporting role, uh, best director, best original screenplay, and sound mixing. He did win the Golden Globe, though, and um, Best Picture Golden Globe and Best Original Score Golden Globe. So it's really just the Oscars that be snubbing my man. He be winning uh, the Golden Globes and some of the other uh, some of the other awards that are given to actors. But yeah, congratulations! He's finally over the hump. Kate Winslet was super happy about him. Kane Blanchett really killed it in that in that role as uh, Catherine Hepburn, um, who I hear didn't wash up all the time. I heard she had a thing about washing up. I don't know. It's weird. Um, moving on. Um, I will no longer be tricked, goaded, or lured into conversations about Sierra and future. Unless we can talk about it, I will no longer um, text, um, get into Facebook disputes about these issues, never again, all right? I, I have an issue, I, I'm not really made for uh, typing, you know, typed out arguments anyway. Number one, I'm, I'm way more uh, effective in a conversation, um, when you type stuff out, you, you have to you have to somewhat trust that people are going to read it the way you write it. And people are never going to read things the way I write them because they're not going to believe that I'm writing them the way I talk. And I write things the way I talk. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I, I can't go into this, uh, this whole, um, I can't go into this whole future and Sierra and Russell Wilson thing through text anymore. I can't text it. I can't write it. I'm done. If you want to have a conversation about it, I'd love to have you on the show and we can talk about it in depth. But I'm not going to type these conversations out with you anymore about uh, about um, Sierra and my belief in her being an opportunist. And if she's used all of her relationships up in this point to get ahead, why wouldn't I think that she could possibly be using um, her relationship now with Russell Wilson and her child with Future to get ahead as well? I don't trust her. And um, she showed herself to be a woman of ill repute late, uh, before. And I don't think these are things that change overnight. Period. All right. That's something that me and Andrea continue to go back and forth over on Facebook, and I'm just not going to do it anymore. Maybe one day I'll call her, and we'll talk about it on the Rojo Show, um, but I, I, I can't continue to have these conversations with women who are, who are not going to understand what I'm saying, um, primarily because I'm saying it, and that's something that I have to deal with a lot, you know? Um, being a a um, outspoken, um, educated, um, 
what are some other words I can suck my own dick with? Uh, being outspoken, educated, eloquent, um, somewhat handsome. I, I, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hedge my bets on the on the uh, physical physicality, dick sucking. Uh, somewhat handsome, um, revolutionary, and and uh, socially aware and conscious man. There are some things that women or people, period, are just not going to see my side on. Just because it is way easier and way more popular um, and way more fun just not to be on my side with certain things, you know? And I have to be careful with that, you know, with, with arguments on Facebook, um, arguments in person, little comments on Instagram. I mean, it's it's very much like... Uh, uh, how can I how can I explain this in a way that people will understand? I was watching a video of Allen Iverson's best plays. Um, Allen Iverson, pound for pound, is probably one of the best basketball players of all time. And when I say pound for pound, I mean that with him being six foot, um, you know, a hundred and eighty, hundred and oh. We can see what his stats are. Allen Iverson stats. Um, yeah, yeah, bio, that's fine. That should give us what we want. Give us what we need. Let me give me what you want. Ha. Let me give you what you need. Um, player profile. I just want to know how tall you are, my G. Six foot, 165 pounds. I gave him way more uh, credit than he deserved. He's nowhere near that size. Um, with him pound for pound being one of the best basketball players ever, and by that I mean with him being six foot, 165 pounds, going into the lane as much as he did, um, sacrificing his body on so many plays, um, I was watching a, a list of his top 10 plays and he had, you know, uh, uh, dunk putbacks from the free throw line. You know, Derek Coleman shoots a free throw. He runs in from the three point line and dunks it back off the miss uh, alley oops. Um, of course, the the legendary play where he crosses Teron Lou, steps back for the three and then steps over him like, yeah, nigga killed it. Um uh, you know, uh, he, you know, plays where he shakes Kobe, um, plays where all these spectacular plays, these dunks, these creative layups, these alley-oops for being only six foot and yamming on niggas heads. He had all these plays that were amazing. But do you know what, do you know what the number one play was? And this is, this is in no way shading Allen Iverson or putting down what he's accomplished still one of my favorite players from the 2000 uh from you know the the 2000s do you know what his number one play was do you know what his number one play was my my, my basketball niggas know what it was uh Lamont knows what it was shouts out to him Tim the tool man knows what it was shouts out to him um, Billy D knows what it was. Shouts out to him. Um, all my fellas who who watch basketball know what the number one play was. The number one play was a simple. Um, if it was any other player on any other player, it would be forgettable. 
it was a double crossover. He did it to the left, did it to the right. It was a crossover on the greatest of all time, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And what makes that play so spectacular? What what makes it the number one play of his um of his career based on this this list? It's only because it was done to Michael Jordan. And do you know what Michael Jordan did that year? Do you know what Michael Jordan did that year? He won the MVP. He won that game, and he went on to win the world championship. But as far as as his career is concerned, as far as 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 Allen Iverson's career is concerned, that was one of his top ten plays of all time. But if you ask Michael Jordan about that game, he just remembers that they won. That 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 play is in no way affecting or taking points away from his overall greatness. But in, in Allen Iverson's mind, in the mind of Allen Iverson fans, that play is the best ever. And that is the predicament or the dilemma I find myself in many times with these spats, these quibbles, these, uh, these, these small minuscule conversations that I often lend myself to in the Facebook uh, universe. People will argue their hardest and take these, 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 these arguments, these conversations that I half pay attention to, that I text out on my phone barely spell checking or grammar uh grammar checking and i push send oftentimes leaving my best comments on the the editing floor but to them this is the best thing ever has anyone ever asked michael jordan if he if he guarded alan iverson 100 percent in that play no because michael jordan doesn't give a shit he doesn't care about that play in his life and his career, it was just another play on the road to winning six titles, multiple MVPs, multiple All-Star appearances, multiple point um, uh, point champion awards, multiple. Uh, I think he has two gold medals: one from when he played in college, and one from when he was with the Dream Team. I think so. Um, that play means nothing to him. But to others, it means the world. So I need to more carefully govern and more carefully um, lend my opinions and thoughts um, in conversations where I could be making someone's day. And sometimes I do that. Sometimes I just say, let me let me comment on this just so they'll feel special about themselves, just so they'll feel a little better. So that they'll feel like Uncle Rojo came and oh 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 Rojo commented on my shit. Let me let me get myself together and really comment back. Kill yourself. Just just it's it's fine. If you want to take that and you want to hang that on your wall as some accomplishment, you can have it. Take that as a gift. I wish I could wrap it for you. But yeah, I just I don't know. That's things you have to pay attention to in life. Um what is the appeal of K. Michelle? 
I guess that's a loaded question because, I mean, <laughs> I can see the appeal of it, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it's not even real. Like, uh, I don't know. It's okay. I see the appeal of it. I just don't. I guess it's not really my cup of tea. I don't know. She's got a nice body, though, you know. But I don't know. I need a woman that's going to look good at 40. Is she almost 40? I guess you can look good at 40 now when you can, like, have shit sucked out of your body and put in other places. And I don't know. I am more than willing to give, like, uh, to give props to women who, like, really have nice bodies. But, like, if you've had, like, a whole bunch of work done, like, I don't know. I can't really. See, the immediate. The immediate comparison I want to draw is, and and most people do, to attractive women are men with money. And I was going to say, you know, so if a man, if if a man inherited a bunch of money, would that count? And women wouldn't care. However you got that money would be fine. They wouldn't care if you inherited it, if you got it from selling dope, if you got it from working on Wall Street. If you got it, you got it. And I guess that's the attitude a lot of men have too, right? You know, I don't care how your body got tight, long as it was tight. You bought them titties, man, you bought some nice titties. You got fat sucked out of your stomach and pushed in your ass, and now you got a nice ass, man, you got a nice ass. Crazy. Man, 43, posing with a gun, taking selfies, fatally shoots himself in the face. He deserved it. (laughs) He should have got shot in the face. Did I have some stuff on Facebook that I posted that we should talk about? Let's see. I know I had this thing about, um, I can't remember what country it is, but they are offering when British company introduces period policy. For female employees. Now, <laughs> I talked about this early, on an earlier show about women needing or thinking they deserve special treatment or thinking that they don't act differently when they're on their periods. More irritable, um, less patient. And I'll probably catch some flack for this comment. Because, or this this little, I wouldn't call it a tirade because tirades are usually negative or angry. I'm definitely not negative or angry about it. But, um, I mean, people feel a way, women act differently when they're on their period. And there are a lot of women that will just reject that comment or reject that thesis just because it is a charge um, against their attitudes or against the way they act or their, um, their sensibilities. But truth is truth. If you act different when you're on your period, you act different when you're on your period. It's just the way it is. And this, this company, and I, I know women are going to change their stances on this quickly because that's what, you know, that's what women have the right to do, I guess, you know, and I guess men change their opinions on things too. Not as, um, not as, not as quickly and not as, um, I don't know. Anyway, a British company introduces a policy, uh, for women on their periods where they can go home early, 
or not come to work at all and not have it charged as a sick day or a vacation day. I don't really think I have to say much about that. I just I'll just put that out there and you know, once the show is posted online, women will text, women will call, women will comment and have issues. <laughs> and um they are allowed to have those issues, you know, go for it. But I, I don't agree with it. I think it's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Can, um, can men get days off when we have blue balls? That's ridiculous, right? That's like unfair to say. I'm being, I'm saying that to be funny now. I'm not saying that seriously. Why aren't I saying that seriously? Why won't anybody acknowledge that and and make a comparison to the same way? I mean, there are things men go through. A a man who hasn't had sex can have the same amount. it, It can have the same physical and mental repercussions as women who are um women who are on their periods. You know, I can feel like shit because I haven't had no head in a while. I can feel like shit because I haven't felt the the sweet, soft caress of a woman in months. And that can affect my my ability to perform at work. Can it not? Can it not? They don't want to hear that, though. They don't want to hear that. Some quick uh, points before I get out of here. Um, By this time, we've all seen this... uh, seen this clip of um, Morgan Freeman talking about why he doesn't want Matt, uh, Black History Month and why his the, the celebration of his history and his people shouldn't be relegated to one year. I totally, uh, to one month, I totally agree with his premise and I, underst- I understand his point, but... Um, I I don't agree with what he's saying, and I'm a fan and in support of Black History Month. Um, African Americans, black people, the descendants of slaves, are easily the most um, underappreciated, underacknowledged, misappropriated people on earth. And um, if you depend on, if we depend on the American education system to teach our children about their history, all they'll know is MLK and Rosa Parks. Uh, which are kind of the same people. I mean, they definitely happen within the same time span. Um, Rosa Parks not getting off the bus was in response to Martin Luther King's boycott on the um, on the bus systems. Uh, so that's the same. Um, they would not learn about you know the various black inventors. They wouldn't know about how slaves built downtown D.C. and the White House. Uh, they definitely wouldn't know about Malcolm X. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't even. I mean, there are black people that live in Chicago now that don't know about Jean Baptiste Dusable. Um, They definitely wouldn't know about Toussaint Louverture. And um, I mean, judging by that black, uh, that white girl that Charlemagne was arguing with, they definitely wouldn't know or would have um, the wrong idea and opinions about the Black Panthers. Um, true. The study of our culture uh, and our people should not be relegated and restricted to a month, but at least in February, at least one month a year, um, 
we can we are we as a people are forced and in some very nuanced situations other cultures and other people are put in a position where they have to speak to and acknowledge the um the contributions black people have made to the america we see now and i think that's important i think that's important i think it's needed um, especially when we see the lack of celebration and the lack of um, knowledge that is given to our people about our people. So, yeah, um, that was my take on that. Do I have anything else on my Facebook page? Um Race predicts whether you'll live near pollution. I posted a uh, a diagram on the Rojo show. That's uh, the title of it is "Race Best Predicts Whether You Live Near Pollution." Um, race is the most significant predictor of a person living near contaminated air, water, or soil. This is obviously in direct response to the tragedy of Flint, Michigan. Um, People of color, 56% of the population near toxic waste sites are people of color. Um, 95% of their claims against polluters are denied by the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. Um, People of color color have 38% higher nitrogen dioxide exposure and are two times more likely to live without potable water or modern sanitation. Um, it's not because we enjoy living in those kind of conditions. It's because those are the conditions that are in many cases, um, affordable for our people. And, um, in many cases, it's the areas where our people are kind of, um, sequestered and separated into, um, Yankees tell players to be less like Cam Newton and more like Russell Wilson. I guess that kind of speaks for itself, right? I don't <laughs> I don't know how to take that or how to even begin to speak on that. I mean I don't know. I I I don't know. I, I this again would lead me into Speaking on that Sierra situation, which I have vowed not to, I have vowed not to speak about the Sierra situation, but um, Cam Newton would easily be put more in a future category. They're both from Atlanta. They uh, both celebrate victories. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really know what the Yankees have to do, why they felt that was a, I mean, they don't have to feel it was appropriate because we know the Yankees are owned by white people and they feel like they can say what they want and not receive repercussions. But, I mean, comparing Cam Newton to Russell Wilson, I mean, so what, they want them to be, like, dry and boring? Like, they want them to be celibate? They want, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't even get into that. I'm going to, I don't know. Just know that that's what the Yankees want. The Yankees want their players to be more like Russell Wilson and less like Cam Newton, less celebratory, 
less proud of their heritage, um, lighter skinned. I don't I don't know how they how they how they want that to be taken. Um, but yeah, episode thirty six of the Rojo Show. I'm gonna get out of here. This one's in the can. Um, please, please, please converse with me. Talk to me. Let me know how you're feeling about things. Let me know things you'd like me to talk about. The Rojo Show at gmail.com. Um, the Rojo Show on Facebook. Um, at Rojo on Twitter. At Shy Rojo on Instagram. Uh, this will be posted shortly. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the love. Sorry for not having a show last week. Um, maybe I'll try to hit you all with another one or like two next week to kind of make up. I don't know. We'll see how some things go. Um, but as usual, remember, if you're not sharing, you're not a fan. Peace.